What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 45.2. And we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Psychonauts, uh, the Tim Schafer 2005 action platformer. Um, I have with me uh, for the series John Whitehouse. Hello. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the uh, the finale <laughs> of uh, Psychonauts. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a big uh, thing we need to talk about at the end, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. There's a, there's there's a, a few more brains we have to get through first. Yes, and will we finish up last week? It was the neighborhood, wasn't it? Yeah, we were yeah. moving on to the Napoleon. Um, no. Though, did you talk about Gloria? Yeah, we talked about Gloria. But oh, about, we? Okay. Yeah, about how oh. confusing her damn shit was. Oh, because, yeah, because it was that dumbass stage. Um, stage, yes. Yeah, the play yeah. and everything. Yeah, that was a theme that was going to continue throughout that game, the rest of that game, being confusing and not great at telling you where to go. Well, truth be told, I didn't think that the, uh, the Napoleon thing was that difficult. Well, yeah, it's... It was different. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit weird because I didn't know what I was meant to be doing. I don't know whether I missed a, a cutscene or skipped a little bit of dialogue, which I don't normally do. Yeah. Normally I read through it. Um, but you know, after the neighbourhood, you find yourself in the asylum, and the first person you come against uh, across it or come against come across is Gloria, and she gives you the trophy, and it's like, well, why have you given me that? And then you go to Napoleon and there's reasons why you are going into their brain. But I never found it apparent until after I collected all the three bits I needed. <laughs> Same way with and me. It, and it was like, so okay, so because throughout those I'm thinking, why am I doing this? There's no – I don't understand why – I'm trying to rescue my friends and doing it this way. Why yeah. am I going through their brains? And and obviously we'll get to because it, uh, it happens after the um, what's his name, the bullfighter. Um, oh god, I can't remember his name. But anyway, I can't either. Well, you have to collect three items, and then they tell you why you've done it. It's like, well, why couldn't you? make that apparent and give me some kind of focus, some kind of reason for doing this as opposed to just an excuse to go into brains that have slightly different gameplay mechanics. It's the, odd. Yeah. It was weird because they set it up to where you're going to run into Gloria first. Instead, because you can't get past her. She blocks your way. Oh really? I thought you could run right past her. Oh, I 
didn't think you could. Yeah, see, I think you can run past her and then walk uh, around the area and talk to everybody. Um, oh, okay. I didn't you, seem to get yeah, past her. If you talk to the orderly, then he will Then you find you. out. Yeah. Yeah, you, then, you yeah. You can't get in to the to the elevator because he only Think. lets the Dr. Lobato come in. Yeah. So uh, that would explain it. But I, when I tried playing it, I, maybe I just wasn't trying hard enough. I didn't, you know, I, she was in this walkway that I couldn't get round her. Odd. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's maybe I wasn't playing it correctly. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I was the same thing. I was like, why am I collect? Why, why did I get a trophy? You know, and then we got a straight jacket, and I was like, "Okay, what am I doing with these things?" And but yeah, it was it was weird. I think they wanted you to explore the asylum a little bit before uh, the people's brains. But well, if that's the case, then give us give us a little, a slightly better game design where it's more intuitive for walking around, because when you come across Gloria, well, you're gonna you're gonna start her mission. Yeah. Because that's the first, you, you you know the other um, uh, Fred and the other guys are in a completely different area around a corner where you can't even see them. Yeah. So you see someone in front of you, you're going to follow that thread first. Yeah, so, you, you should have ran into the orderly first, and that should have been the first port call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I need to find stuff to disguise myself as Doctor Lobato. Yeah. But it didn't happen that way. You ran into one of the people you had to get something from first. So. Yeah. It was weird, but yeah, we we go into Fred's uh, brain. Fred, Fred Bonaparte. <laughs> Fred Bonaparte thinks that he is Napoleon Bonaparte. No, doesn't he think he's a descendant? Well, he is a descendant of Napoleon, but he thinks he is actually Napoleon Bonaparte. Ah. So he dresses up like him and has like a French accent, <laughs> and you know, he's talking in like old terms and stuff. Um, and so when we go into his brain, it's basically Fred is playing a board game against Napoleon Bonaparte, and they're kind of fighting for his consciousness. And we have to help Fred win the board game against Napoleon, so that way he's Fred again. And I like the aesthetic of the entire thing. It's really cool. So they're all sitting in like this... It looks like a like a lounge. Yeah, some kind of like smoking room, like a, like in a, you'd have in a big stately home. You know, you have got a big fireplace, and yeah, um, the board game is centerpiece of the room, and you've got obviously Bonaparte one side and Fred the other, and Fred sort of relaxed with his feet up, and yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, so when you go over to the board game, you actually shrink down to the size of a character on the board. So they're playing what looks like maybe Risk. Yeah, it, it definitely has that Risk vibe to it with, you know, uh, grid sections or hex. In this case, they're hexagons, a bit like um, the new Civ, how that has hex, whatever they are. Um, yeah, it definitely looks that's the sort of game they're playing. And uh, on top of that, we can also shrink down to even smaller so that we can actually fit inside the board pieces itself, so we can fit inside the houses and stuff like that. And so we have to do multiple missions in here to basically get the board pieces to first come onto the board and secondly move them. And um, it, it's it's like uh, the villagers who you use to fight against his characters 
don't want to come out because they don't get paid enough or because they don't think that the their leader cares about them and stuff like that. And so you're constantly having to you know shrink down and then get large again and talk to Fred and get like a coin out of the fireplace and stuff Which like that. Which is incredibly hard to see. I saw it whenever I first came into the area and I was like, uh, I'll probably get that later. Um, and I, then when I found out I had to get money, I, I, I got it. I, 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 that was one thing I was just like, okay, I saw that and I don't know, you know, it, 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 I could see it be being easily missed. Especially if you're not looking in that direction and just looking at the board game and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 how what happened with me. I, I didn't see it, and it wasn't. Um, it was only the walkthrough that allowed me to to realize I had to get a coin from the fireplace. I wouldn't have seen otherwise. This was one of the very few levels. This playthrough right here that I didn't use the fact. Uh, I didn't have to at least, because um, everything was kind of self-explanatory except for one thing, uh, which is the final puzzle that you have to do it's like a jumping puzzle where you have to go around this tower and keep climbing and stuff mm. the final jump i was like how the fuck am i supposed to make this and because every time i'd jump and then float and the, I, w- I would fall short and i'm like what the fuck am i doing wrong here um and then i realized they they do i have to give the game credit they do a good job of saying you need to utilize every one of your powers um, and with the exception of the whole look, seeing through somebody else's eyes. Um, yeah, clairvoyance never came back other than the mission that we did with, um, the milkman. Yeah. The milkman. That's the only time I ever used it. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I, but that was the thing is like, I forgot. I still had the levitation to where I could bounce higher. <laughs> that was my favorite one. I used that the most in I, that game. After that mission, that's all I I stayed on top of that ball pretty much <laughs> the entire game. Um, but yeah, it was it, that. That's when I was like, okay, so this game is really trying to say, hey, you've got all these powers, fucking use them, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I eventually we finished that. We beat the board game, and Fred beat Napoleon and has taken back over his conscience. And as such, no longer needs a straitjacket. Yeah, he no, no longer needs a straitjacket, so he's not he's not violent anymore. So he gives us a straitjacket. So now we have a trophy and a straitjacket. And like I said, at this point, I don't know what I'm doing with this stuff, but we're supposed to be using <laughs> that to to look like Dr. Lobato. Because the orderly who won't let us into the asylum itself, he is like really – he has bad eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> And so he tells us that we don't look like Dr. Lobato because we don't have a claw for a hand and we don't have like this certain type of jacket that he wears. And what was the thing we got from the bullfighter? A painting of Dr. Lobato. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we don't have the face of Dr. Lobato. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) That one was, I think, the the next level, which is Edgar. Edgar is his name. Edgar, yeah. That was probably... I, I enjoyed that one because um, there was a little bit more action than normal because you have to collect these four cards in order. Basically, Ed is uh, he's love lost yeah. and um, his sweetheart is he, just out of reach. So he's trying to build a house of cards and the queens are the ones that are missing. You go find them and um, each queen ha- has a 
boss battle essentially with it. Yeah. Um, and I found, and I also really like the look of that because you kind of, it, it's like a kind of day glow paint kind of world, but it mm-hmm. makes your, your outfit look like a matador's suit. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. It, it was really cool. It, you know, it, it reminded me a little bit of like the day of the dead kind yes, of celebration. El, well, stuff. El Merta, whatever it is. Yeah. But absolutely. The, the cool thing is, is like it's nighttime and everything is basically black. And everything is outlined with these really colorful, like pink and orange and green, mm. lime green colors, and it looks really, really cool. Yeah, um, it almost like a painting would look uh, because yeah. the Edgar's a painter. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> so when we go into his mind, he is being, uh, he is trying to build a house of cards so he can reach his love, who is up in the sky. Um, and so we have to go into this other like sub world. Where it's basically like a bunch of alleyways in like a South Spanish American, town, yes, or South, South American, American yeah. town. Um, and there's bulls. There's a giant bull that is running through town, kind of like you know how they do the running of the bull and stuff like that. Um, and it will constantly run through the alleys. So you have to constantly have to to time your jumps, time your running, and stuff like that to to worry about the bull. Because the bull, when it hits you, it actually runs you back to the beginning of the area. And I was originally thinking when I first went into this area, I was like, "Oh god, this is going to be one of those. It's a maze. I won't be able to find where I need to go. Mm. I was going to have to look at the fact the entire time." Which, truth be told, I did look at the fact a couple of times with this because I just uh, like I was like, "I I I don't want to get lost here." But actually, it was it was relatively simple to navigate. Yeah, there weren't that many twists and turns, and the the cards weren't that far out of reach to yeah. get. It was just a case. There was, I think, there was like mainly the uh, the last one that you get where you had to maybe deviate slightly, but it was um, it was never an issue yeah. uh, for me. And it, but there was a jump on that that caused me some grief. Um, but in hindsight, after the last level, you know what? I'll forgive that level for this jumping. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I, again, I fell victim as I did last week to me, not having a power I needed, mm. which was confusion because the last boss, uh, the last card that you have to get, the only way to defeat him is to confuse him, right? which is what your last power, the confusion bomb. And, um, this is my, this is probably my greatest complaint with this game is that you getting those powers absolutely relies on you collecting those figments. Now there are a lot of figments in that game and I did collect a lot of them, but not enough evidently um, to the point where I um, have to admit this. I had to put a cheat in that unlocked my side powers. Really? Uh, there was a cheat that you could do um, that would unlock your side powers. It's the only one that I didn't get. Um, legitimately, but I was no way going to go back through a load of levels looking for figments. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, are you sure? Because the guy who gave me that power was um, was the 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 Matador himself. Nope. I got no. I got to that fight and I did not have confusion bomb. Well, I mean, did you run into the Matador while you were in the alleyways and stuff? Uh, the Matador. He was like he was the bully of of Edgar, the one who no, stole oh, no, his girlfriend. Didn't. Yeah, see, so he he gave me the power. So, um, he oh, there was a part uh, where he was supposed to fight the bull, and I went up, talked to him. He says, "Well, nobody's. I'm not going to fight the bull for nobody. I want to have my posters put up." And he had to talk to one of the dog painters 
to put up the poster. And he's like, well, I'm not going out there with the bull because the bull's going to run me over. So I went back to the matador. And he's like, okay, here, take this confusion bomb. I'll give you my special ability. And you can confuse the bull, have him put up my poster. And then he also gave me like a – it was a few other things. I think he gave me some side cards or something like that. I did that. I did none of that. Yeah. That was that was the other thing. But I got to the, the boss that you need on, the last one, which is the snake. Is it the snake one? It's the, the snake one? guy, yeah. I was fighting him and couldn't beat him. Man, and that's, that's when I went to an F. I yeah. got to that point without the confusion bomb. So that's a fault with the game. That that's a major fault with the game and it, it happens a couple of times. You know, like granted, you know, there the, you'll eventually get to it was the one where the where the the aliens were and and the the the, the neighborhood. Yeah. And, and they told you before you went in there, "Hey, you don't have a cobweb duster. You might want to go get one." Um and at least they told you that there. But going into that snipe, that snipe, that snake fight, the, the luchador, they're, they're all luchadors that you have to fight and they're represented by animals. Mm. Um, and if you went into that luchador fight without having that confusion bomb, they should have said, whoa, before you do this, you need to go get the confusion bomb. That's really weird because that was frustrating because I couldn't figure out how to beat him because the others were quite straightforward. You had to maybe you just miss um, uh, the eagle one I liked, Kakar. Kakar! <laughs> so funny. Um you know, it was you could attack them easily, but this one you could not land any hits, no matter what you did. Yeah, and it was like I was getting pull my hair out, and that's when I went to the fact, and it was like, use your confusion bomb. What confusion bomb? And I didn't even know that there was this part with a matador. I got through all the streets, got all up to the point of that the the fourth card without using it or even knowing you could do that. Yeah, that's, that's that's a fault with the game. That's poor design. That is, yeah, that is most certainly a, an issue. Um, but yeah, after beating all four luchadors, we get all the queens, um, and then we finally r- reveal what actually happened. So Edgar was uh, a star athlete in high school, and he had a um, a girlfriend who. Um, who then fell in love with like I guess another star football player or something like that, mm. and, and he stole her away. And um, the the final boss fight is actually originally with the bull. The bull shows up and we got to fight it, and we have to throw those javelins into it. Yeah, that, that's quite. I, I actually like that that one that, and, that boss fight. And uh, after that, we we need to actually fight the uh matador because the bull was actually a representation of edgar so we had to protect edgar uh while the matador tried to kill him and so we were throwing javelins into edgar to into the matador now and again the only way you can do that is confusing him first because he teleports himself which yeah. is a pain <laughs> so you have to confuse him and then use your telekinesis to throw javelins into his butt and um the funny thing is, after you beat him, then it's revealed that they, uh, you know, they all, <laughs> they talk like fucking Valley Girl and, you know, dumb California guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fr- you know, typical, uh, what do you got? I don't know what you call them. Fraternity type, you know. Yeah. Is yeah, it, it, real it, jocks and whatever. Would, would that would that be a typical American accent, like stereotypical American accent for yeah. the UK people? Yeah, UK yeah. UK people think we all talk like that. <laughs> that's man. What, yeah, yeah, okay. that's exactly it. 
So, uh, yeah, but uh, eventually Edgar's like, you know what? I don't need any of you guys and basically liberates himself from the whole thing. And um, he now is able to um, finish his painting and his painting of Dr. Lobato. Of Dr. Lobato. And then he gives it to us. Um, so uh, now we have everything we need to trick the orderly into letting us onto the elevator. We have... Ooh. Oh, that's right. I'm just playing with it. I actually got. Um, I'm just sitting there twisting the coin. I'll put that down. <laughs> yeah. The um, we have the trophy which we can hold in our hand. He thinks it's a claw. Uh, we have a straight jacket that makes it look like Doctor Lobato's um regular, I guess, doctor, lab coat, lab coat kind of thing. Yeah. And then we have a gigantic fucking picture that looks <laughs> like him. And we walk up to him with that on. And he's like, "Okay, come on in." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Raz when we we use the elevator. We go up the elevator. And we're in the, we're in like this dilapidated fucking asi- insane asylum, and uh, he he's standing there with all this shit on. And he's like, "So I just infiltrated a abandoned, rundown, insane asylum, and I'm in a straitjacket. That's probably a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we um. We then uh, traverse the um, the insane asylum itself, climbing higher and higher. Yeah, we're chasing after this character. Yeah, this little who's popping the head pops up to tell you where you need to follow. Yeah, um, this one was. I didn't mind it. Um, I did. It took some getting used to because it it goes upside down. Yeah. So it's Which like it's weird. so weird because this is supposed to be the real world, and a lot of like the, a lot of the tower is kind of broken apart and stuff like that. But then eventually it just starts twisting, and it's not like you. It's not like in the neighborhood where if you keep walking you'll walk upside down. This one you have to like jump back and forth to platforms and stuff. Mm. And I thought it was kind of interesting, but I you know I never found it too difficult. There was a couple times where I was like, okay, where the fuck do I go from here? The rats were the pain. I hate those rats. I hate them. Mm-hmm. They explode <laughs> and confuse you. And when you're confused, your controls are reversed. <laughs> so and if you're on a ledge. Right. Oh, yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. That was a start. That was the start of me getting angry with the platforming in that game. Well, we're, we're about to get even more angrier. <laughs> so, we, um, we eventually make it to the top. And uh, we see that both uh, Sasha and Mila, oh, who were the, the camp counselors that were on official Psychonaut business, have been taken over by Dr. Lobato as well. They have their brains taken out and are being held captive. We need to get uh, their brains and uh, put them back into them so we can get their help. Um, unfortunately we can't do that because Lobato is holding something else hostage. She he is holding a little <laughs> turtle hostage. Which, which is the um the character that we were chasing is called Shigor. Yeah. And she's the assistant, but she's only the assistant because he's holding her tortoise who she loves hostage and yes. threatening to eat him. Yeah. Turning him into soup. Turtle soup. So um we agree to help her get her turtle back, which is actually pretty easy. All we have to do is just use telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, well, a bit of cake. 
Yeah, and some cake, which we find right there. It's just sitting right there. <laughs> um, yes. And so uh, we get the turtle back. And so Shigor's like, okay, now we, now the turtle, like, we, the whole time we're thinking that Shigor's insane. Yeah. Because yeah. she's just talking, it's like, if we can rescue the turtle, we, you he'll know, he'll tell, he'll us, tell what us, us what to do. And, uh, so we get the turtle and she starts talking to it. He's like, all right, tell us what to do. And the turtle starts talking. He's like, don't worry, baby. Yeah. Exactly what to do. <laughs> I was so funny. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this turtle talks and he talks like Shaft. Yeah. Don't you worry, baby. That is so funny. And so, and <laughs> so we, uh, the turtle actually helps us. We take the turtle's brain out and throw it into Dr. Lobato's machine. The turtle then overloads the circuits and makes it explode. And we're able to get Sasha and um, Miller's brains back. Um, unfortunately, at the same time, Coach Oleander shows back up. Uh, we're able to rescue everybody, but Oleander's there. And he uh, decides to throw his brain into the a gigantic tank. Like he's powering one of those big tanks again. Hmm. And so we have a, a boss fight with the tank. Um, Which was relatively easy. Yeah, for the most part. Um, it's basically – there's a couple of powers you have to use. You have to you have to use something to throw – he has two, two basically protective shells around the tank. Uh, we're trying to hit the brain that's inside the tank. Um, and the um, – Oh man, it's like the first ones are floating rocks that circled the tank. And if you throw yep. throw a rock, destroy the rock, then he has these like wooden boards surrounding it. Um and then you you can burn the boards using your pyrokinesis. And then you throw a rock and hit the brain. You do that three times and the boss fight's over with. Um and when we do that, we beat the uh the the tank boss um, and then we go to Raz walks up to the tank and the, the tank has a defense mechanism that makes like super sneezing powder or something like that. <laughs> and it shoots into Raz's face and he's trying not to sneeze, but unfortunately he does sneeze and, um, his brain comes out of his head. So now we play as Raz's brain hopping around and now we direct his brain or throw his brain into uh, the tank where Oleander's brain is. When we do that, both of our consciences merge and then we realize what, what's been going on whenever we're in Raz's brain is that we have been psychically connected to Oleander this whole time. So every time we went into Raz's brain and there was meat laying everywhere that was actually part of his subconscious as well. And his brain is represented by his father, um, <laughs> who is a butcher. Hence the meat. Yes. So the meat's everywhere. Um, so we have Raz and his memories of being in the circus next to the butcher and all the meat. So now we have the meat circus. Mm, uh, that that phrase will haunt me. 
So this is the final level of the game. And what we have to do is there's th basically three levels of this level. The first one being we run into little kid Oleander, who is terrified of his father, the butcher, and doesn't want his father to get a hold of his little bunny rabbit because he will chop him up and make him meat. So we have to, this is basically an escort mission. Where we oh, but fuck me, is it? It's not just an escort mission. Yeah, we have to. So the bunny hops away, and we have to get the bunny. We have to get Oleander to the bunny. Well, the thing is, we can't just grab the bunny. We have to telekinetically grab it and hold it in place and let Oleander slowly walk up to the bunny and grab it. At, at, while this is going on, a meat grinder is grinding up rabbits and spitting out these weird, creepy fucking hybrid rabbits of meat and, and part rabbit that are trying to attack Oleander. Oleander has a life bar. If that life bar gets to zero, you have to start this over again. And God, does it get to zero quickly? It does. So what happens is is that we he gets the bunny, and then he flies up to a higher section of the level. We then have to traverse different things like tight ropes and swings and stuff you would find at a circus that an acrobat would use and then get up to the next level. While this is going on, he's getting attacked by the, the weird bunnies that are beating the hell out of him. So we have to hurry. You can't hurry when you're doing this type of platforming. It's... I got... I, I was channeling... Killer Wolverine at yeah. one point. Yeah. I honestly thought I was going to smash a controller. It was like you have the the three levels. Um, the ground you got the ground level, then you have another level. Uh, so there's four levels actually. Um, ground level and then three other higher levels that you have to help out Oleander on. And first one straightforward, you climb a ladder, um, and you then use levitation to bounce on this little platform and then bounce onto this bouncy thing that pushes you up to the level you need to be on. And you then attack the bunny rabbits and give Oleander his normal bunny and he goes up the next level. That's where things got tricky. So apparently the way you do it is to, there's, there's basically enemies that throw knives at a yeah. target and you have to be near the target because it's a massive spinning target. Jump before they throw the knife. You It then sticks to the target. You can grab hold of it. And then that takes you up higher and you can swing off. That second level, the first one of those you have to do, I could never, ever hit the... Um, the platform yeah i would it would i would never be able to to the point where i had to cheat it and um there's a guy on a platform throwing knives i had to jump on his head which then allowed me to jump further and reach it so it was ridiculous there is a really weird mechanic in this game um so when you have the levitation balloon you don't even have to have it out if you pull the left trigger he pulls out a balloon that's made of the levitation ball and it allows him to float kind of thing, like mm. slowly float down. And that's used to make a lot of jumps. I have found that this mechanic is slightly broken because if you jump and then hit the levitation and pull out the balloon, 
it floats fine. If you double jump and pull out the levitation balloon, he falls shit a shitload faster. Yeah. And it's like it, it's almost like you, you you it works when you're at the apex of your jump. And that's the best time to do it. When you start falling again and hit it, he's he's still free falling almost. It's just now he's doing it slightly slower, and that fucked me up so many times right here. Oh, that I just got so angry with it because I kept missing the the jump, and yeah. then once you've done that, you have to do the whole thing again. Except to get there, you've got to jump on these platforms of meat that are tiny. That's second one had no problem and no problem uh, uh, jumping from the height of the spinning target onto the platform and luckily that's the last thing you have to do once you're there it's it's on to the next level but it took me a good 40 minutes and again for those first three platforms while you're trying this ollie's getting the crap out of them yeah and his health bar goes down so slow uh so fast i know i mean when he reaches the next level, it does reset, yeah. so he's got full health again. But it 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 made no difference. It was such a pain in the ass. Yeah, really was very. Well, it was. I guess it it was typical of the game of a three D platformer. Yeah. It had those three D platformer problems, which is a um, a lot of the time it was camera. Yeah, the, cam- the camera the camera fucked me up so many times, especially in the next section. It you, it yeah, it was a an absolute pain. That camera just was most of the time was fine, but it was those crucial moments. And when you're platforming, the camera has to be spot on in 3D because you have to know where you're going. You have to be, and the camera went into a fixed perspective when you got to the point, and it has to because you have to see when the knife thrower is going to throw the knife. Yeah. So it has to be fixed. So you have to know when that's going to happen because it's all timing. But because of that, it then makes it incredibly difficult to do the platforming bit um, when you want to jump off the spinning uh, target. Uh, and that was my biggest frustration with that part. And unfortunately, it also wasn't the worst part of that level. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next bit was the worst. Well, after the rail thing, it was the worst part, I think. Yeah. Um, the rail thing was annoying too. I died a few times there. Well, it, I I died once, and then I realized that the shorter gaps, if you get enough speed up, he doesn't need to jump because he automatically, with momentum, skips the jumps. Right. So for the first couple, I jumped, and then uh, by the sort of halfway point, I was moving at such a speed that I didn't need to worry about jumping because Raz would just automatically, through uh, motion, clear the jumps anyway. Yeah. Clear the gaps. That that was my thing was like uh, I was like should I jump here and so I jumped and just jumped every single gap I was like okay that's fine that will work I'll, I'll take it <laughs> it gets a job done yeah so we eventually make it to a new part of the area um, and this part Raz's dad shows up not his real dad what he believes his dad to be in his own mind, who is this evil guy who is constantly trying to push him to be a a better acrobat and who hates psychics. Yeah. And he wants to test us to see how well we remember how to be an acrobat. Mm. And he does this by, we start on the ground and the entire room is filling up with water. 
And if we run into the water, you die automatically. So the water's constantly rising, and we have to constantly keep climbing all these different obstacles. Oh, man. So It was the fence. The fence got me. That, that got me every time because I was like, there's no way in hell I can make this. But it was, again, it was to do with the camera. You, you've, you've, you've got this fence that's basically suspended in midair, and you... It's curving. It's it's curving all the way around. So you've got this spiral effect. So it's going up and curving around. And you've got flames on the fence. So yeah. you can only jump from certain parts. And because it's a 3D platforming game, you don't know which direction you need to be putting the uh, the, the thumbstick in to, in order for you to jump this gap from one fence up and across to the next one. It was really, really difficult. Uh, it took me so many attempts. Luckily, um, you don't lose any health. You just and you don't lose any continues when you die with the water. You just it just plonks you back at the neck, the beginning of that section. Yeah. But it took so long to do, and it was always I was to a point where I could memorize because there's parts when you're walking across the tightrope, and he's throwing these flaming um, juggler thing spikes at you. Yeah, and to the point where I memorized, yeah, which order they were going to go in. So that yep. bit I could get through no problem. And then I got to the fence, <laughs> and that was every time. I was so relieved when I finally did that. Oh god, I, I that that fence part was where I paused the game and put it like just left it running for like an hour, and you then sort take, of took and, a ton, and, some yeah. time out, and, and then came back. Yeah, I. I, I what the thing is, once I got past that bit, I thought, you know what? Uh, no matter what comes next, I'm fine <laughs> because I've done that bit, and yeah. nothing could be any worse. And you know what? It wasn't. Yeah. Which is slightly anticlimactic because the the sort of two stages of the actual boss fight mm-hmm. was relatively straightforward. Yeah. Because you're using powers that you've been using pretty much most of the game and then you get a super new power obviously yeah that's the the final power yeah um we have another boss fight after we finish that uh and that is with the butcher um and he is a gigantic guy with two giant uh butcher knives <laughs> and he is he is chasing after us and you can't hit him normally with like bullets or anything like that what you have to do is is that he will eventually take a swing and get his knife stuck into the ground. You then have to run up his uh, arm and then punch him in the head. <laughs> and it kind of messed me up a little bit because instead of – Raz doesn't jump and then punch. Raz jumps, and if you hit the attack button, he does ground a pounds. ground pound. Yeah. And that was like, oh, I can't just jump and hit the guy. I have to run up his arm to hit him. Mm. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was it was slightly annoying. Um, but he only had to do it like three times, and that was the end of that boss fight. Um, and then we get a small cutscene of Raz's actual dad showing up. Uh, he has... Uh, psychically linked into... Oh, you've missed a bit. Did I miss a bit? Mm. There's a second part of the Butcher fight where it's the Butcher and Raz's subconscious dad 
yeah. um, helping him. Because he's, he's then, because that, that section, you can't run up his arm because his swords are flying. His butcher knives are flying. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what I was getting to. Ah, but his dad doesn't turn up until after that one. No, his dad shows up. Uh, nope. Yeah, to give, us, to give us that power. That's after the butcher fight. The, or both butcher fights. I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's the final fight. That is, but that's, you've got, um, Raz's dad doesn't show up until you've defeated the, the fake dad and the butcher together. Then he comes and gives you the power for you then take them on in their dual form. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah you get the there's get, three there's basically three fi- phases to that fight yes yeah yeah the, the the other one is whenever he's throwing shit at you yeah because he's and you then have to throw them using TK yeah uh, telekinesis at the the butcher's knees to get him on the ground so you can then punch him yeah 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 which okay. was a lot easier than the previous one which was weird yeah because you had to wait for him to slam down this one you just had to throw the the flaming throw, things at him yeah. Yeah, then Raz's dad shows up. Yeah, Raz's dad eventually shows up, and he is subconsciously projecting himself into their brains so he can talk to them. He also gives um, Raz a new power, uh, which is the basically it's it's the power from God of War when you open up Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah, basically it's um it he makes, grows in size. He makes him gigantic, so he's as big as the butcher and. His dad combined. Yeah, so, they make some kind of two-headed monster. Yeah, and uh, we get that power where we can grow gigantic. We run up to him and punch him a bunch of times in the face. We then lose that power for a second and have to it has to recharge. And then when you do that, you just run away from him. And then, which is the easiest boss fight in the entire game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was like that's what was so weird after what I went through with the the fence part. The the first two boss fights were with against the butcher and uh, uh, were generally okay, but then the final one it was like over in fifteen seconds. Yeah, it was like really weird. <laughs> it was yeah, real easy. But it was re- I really liked um, the conversation between Raz and his dad, his real dad. Yeah, uh, actually, it was it was heartwarming. Yeah, he was telling him he's like a. Uh, I thought you hate psychics. He's like, I don't hate psychics. Hell, I'm one of them. And he's like, you know, I, I just wanted you to be the best that you could be, but don't forget about your family, you know. And um, I remember uh, he he saw his what Raz thought of him, and yeah. was like, that's how you really see me. Who <laughs> <laughs> was like this? I've got more freak. hair than that. Yeah, it's like I've got a lot more hair than that. What are you talking about? Um. But yeah, it was really nice um, just seeing that. Um, but so we we save everybody pretty much. Um, everybody, I, I think I may have missed a couple brains, but I'm sure they figured that out on their own. Um, <laughs> I yeah, did, I, yeah, I'm sure I didn't get all the brains because I'm, I'm sure there would have been an achievement for that, and I didn't get one of those. So I'm, I did get because there was quite a few. There was only. One or two that are really, really well hidden. and a lot were just if you followed the path, you, you generally come across them, kept your eyes open. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Mm. Oh, the kiss and the brain part. Oh, yeah, he was always that doing was that. Horrid. Yeah, <laughs> finds the brain, he kisses it. He's like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I thought it was really, it was kind of cool though. It's funny. Um, yeah. But <laughs> the um, when we go back to the real world, we get the final cut scene of uh, everybody in the camp is is kind of sitting around. Yay, Raz! Good for you. Oleander's learned his lesson. Oleander is there, and he's like, "Yes, I understand. I did something bad, but I was not in my own mind." And Raz, help me, please forgive me. And they're like, "Okay, we forgive you." <laughs> and um, they they officially make Raz a psychonaut. Uh, Yay! Which they, looks really weird after seeing him in his goggles and his hat. He puts his psychonaut uniform on with no goggles and no hat, and his hair's there. He looks odd. Yeah, he looks really weird. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a big-headed version of Sasha. Um, <laughs> he kind of does. But uh, <laughs> so um, uh, Raz, um, he he he's going to have to say goodbye to Lily after saving her. Uh, they finally get their uh, that that makeout session that they wanted. <laughs> uh, but then something bad happens. They get a they get a psychic call. Um, saying that the head of uh, the Psychonaut division, the president of the Psychonauts, uh, has been kidnapped. Uh, and they reveal that Lily's dad is actually the head of the Psychonauts. Mm. Uh, and they, they want Sasha and uh, Miller to go. And they're like, all right, well, Raz is going to come too, right? And it basically ends with Raz Raz's dad saying, yes, you can be a psychonaut, go with them, save the world, and they fly off in a special little jet. And that's the end of the game. Hmm. Um, and I have a feeling Psychonauts 2 is probably going to pick up right after that. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But they are, I mean, they're going to have to take some lessons away. Uh, there's no denying that Psychonauts is a good game. Um, it's incredibly well written. Uh, it's, it's put so many smiles on my face. The yeah. stuff in the cutscenes and some of the stuff that you see and do. But it just, when it came to the platforming, it was not a great platformer. It was great with the powers. I think they were inventive and they, the powers were utilized well in a game about psychic power. You know, it was, it was they were done clever enough to to make it these powers gamey and gamify them and and make them fun in most cases to use, but the platforming needed work. It really did. Yes, um, I would kind of chalk this up to as a product of its time. That, without a doubt, it, it is. I mean, you, the game is ten years over ten years old, and it, you know, and I. I guess there's a reason why you don't get many 3D platformers anymore. Yeah. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, very few games could really pull it off. Um, you know, Ratchet and Clank probably being, I think, the most famous example who did it incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, but it's, they have to work on that. That has to be, you know, you cut, I wouldn't be happy going into a sequel if I knew that they hadn't really done a lot with the plan. And I'm sure they will. Technology has changed. You know, as a developer, they've grown. You know, they've got 
10 more years behind them. Um, And, you know, they've had 10 years of people playing the game and critiquing it and, you know, they'll have had feedback and and all that stuff. So it, it was a good, for me, it was a great game. It just was let down by a few things. And it's a shame because those things were towards the end of the game. They were the hardest part. So I had trouble with the neighborhood, but the biggest issue was with the meat circus section. And it was the end of that game. And that's my lasting impression is the end of that game. And that's such a shame because that game is, is more than more than that. A lot more than that. Yeah, you know, it, it's bad whenever that's the, the the last thing you do and the last thing you remember. But, you know, I, I can I, I can I can kind of see a little past that just because of, you know, the charm to it and It has a that has that in spades. Yeah. Like as I say the characters were fantastic and again writing was brilliantly done throughout, you know, it's, it's keeping it up over a 12 hour experience in a video game takes some doing, that's for sure. Was it, um, was your playtime? Was your time? It was about yeah, 12 it's, hours? It's about 11, 12 hours, yeah. My, I think mine was 10. Um, I did, um, get stuck for a little bit with the, the confusion thing that probably added about another 20 minutes onto my game time because I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Yeah. The, uh, I, you know, it was, it was weird, um, because, you know, at the end of the game, uh, right there before you go into the meat circus, you can talk to this guy who will basically give you all, like, instead of you having to create your, um, your side cards and side, uh, challenge markers, it'll just make them for you. And I ranked up like 10 times right there. Cause I, <laughs> I, had, I hadn't really used the cards. I went, I did them once, you know? I don't uh, think I did them at all. I did them once. And, you know, like, I, 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 well, I was able to get like two updated powers. Like for like pyrokinesis, and I think for levitation as well. But again, that's that's just one of the other little downsides to that game. That sort of the the low points is it wasn't it the the upgrading system was very convoluted. It wasn't straightforward. Um, yeah, uh, there, there was a no, game like yeah, there was no need to have that many collectibles in this game. No, uh, and for a game when all you want to do is experience the next cutscene and the next level, you kind of don't want that being interrupted by you having to travel back to um, the hub world Ford and uh, gain your thing. Cause it takes you out of what you're doing. You know, the momentum you may have gathered through, through doing the levels of this. So I think that would need to be looked at as well with a, a future way of uh, upgrading those powers, but not sort of taking you out of the moment. Yeah. Just do it through the menu or something. Yeah, yeah. Or have, like, that a vendor where you can, you don't have to go back to the hub world to do it. You can do it through a vendor in a, in a level, you know, in a, you know, a checkpoint in a level or something like that. Yeah, that'd be, um, that, that would be the, um, the best, best thing. I mean, like Resident Evil 4 with the, uh, the guy, the gun guy, where he's just, he's just there in certain spots, you know, got some good things on sale, stranger. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, be... we... go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say for um, for the sequel, just an update: twenty five days left, eighty three percent funded. They've got two point seven, so I think that thing's going to get funded. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I I think even if it doesn't get funded, it'll still get made. 
Yeah, more than likely. I mean, I, I don't think there'll be any problem. I, you know, you, as I say, you've got just short of a month left, and you've got two point seven or three point three. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I really do. And that that game had some. One of the things we hadn't talked about is a menu. When you start the game up, it's awesome. It's a brain. You walk around and jump into the little hole. It, I just the, the little touches like that were just were fantastic. Yeah, they do a, they do a good job with that stuff. I really uh I mean that's the thing is like the level design in this game was pretty great. Yeah, with the exception of the 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 platformy bits, they were I mean the game the neighborhood it was so well designed. Yeah. Um you know, this wrap around world that you sort of it, it freaked your mind out and it was so cleverly done and ingenious. Yeah. You know, it's it Psycho, Psychonauts 2 does deserve to be made so that they could expand on that universe and especially with today's technology. You know, they could, you, you know, you talk again that even with the PC version, which has been up-resed, it's still a dated game and it looks it, but you can imagine what they can do with the grunt behind most PCs and the current run of consoles would be awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited to play it. I mean, that'll be, that'll be definitely something I want to play when it comes mm. out. And Just that, got a while to wait. Yeah, I got, a long, I got a long time to wait, but that's okay. Um, we got Ratchet and Clank coming out next year. <laughs> we have. I'm looking forward to that, that. I mean, when I saw that demo, I was like, yeah, I'll probably get Ratchet and Clank. And I saw that demo, I was like, yeah, I'm getting Ratchet and Clank. Because, I mean, it looks great. It looks fun. It is. And as I say, for me, uh, that, that franchise is the king of 3D platformers. Um, again, uh, it's got a lot of charm, well-written, very humorous, good characters. It's, you know, it, there's a reason why it survived as long as it has in a world where you don't see 3D platformers really anymore. Yeah. You know, you look at Sonic's attempts and they, they fell foul miserably. Um, there's something to be said for Inso- um, Insomniac and their ability to make those games and I can't wait to see what the new one looks like on a PS4. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It looks great. Yeah, I mean, I was always a, a Jack and Daxter guy. Um, I never could get into them. Really? Never. I mean, fair play Naughty Dog and Naughty Dog. They make, you know, they are a superior developer but um, I, again, with that, found it to be uh, as with Psychonauts, aimless. It doesn't focus your. Uh, it, it has. It doesn't tell you what to do or where to go when it should. Um, the second one I know was more of an open world, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the first one, it, it lacked direction, and uh, that does that does nothing for me. It really takes me out of it, and mm. I, I, you know. Um, there are games where you should be left to your own devices, Fallout 4, you know, those sort of games, big open worlds, expansive, and, you know, you can write your own story, essentially, in those type of games. Um, but there are other games that need you to be pushed so you know what you're doing so that you're not bored. And for me, Jack always felt that way, um, so I couldn't really get past the first one. Yeah, well, I uh, absolutely loved that 100% of that game. Uh, <laughs> I'll get back game. to it because I've got a Vita and it's playable on a Vita. Um, I've got it. I think it was like a Games of Gold one. Um, Games of Gold, wrong one. Uh, PS Plus once. And so I've got the collection there. I just never get around to playing it or trying it again. Yeah, that's, um, I, I, I'm curious because I haven't played it in a long time. I'm curious if I, if I would feel like it's a product of its time like Psychonauts, which I probably would. To be honest with you, but I don't know. You know, like like I said, Naughty Dog. I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Naughty Dog and their recent games. 
But mm. I used to love their old stuff. Yeah, that was Jack and Daxter was the shit for me. <laughs> like I fucking loved that game. Um, you know, over Sly Cooper and over Ratchet and Clank. Um, that would those were like the big three that everybody talked about. And, but yeah, I, I was I was a big fan of uh, Jack. Um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. We don't have any emails, but that's okay. Um, if you would like to send us an email, it's uh, Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. John is at John W UK. And the uh, podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, as far as future episodes go, I don't know what we're going to be doing. <laughs> um, I, I have already made up my mind that we are not going to cover another game until Matt finishes Metal Gear Solid 5. The next thing we cover will be Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, God. How long are you going to have to wait? It, more than likely, we are going to take the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's off. Um, I, I, you know, I hate to say it like that, but you guys will probably be busy with family and stuff. Oh, so, of course, yeah. So, you know, it's not like you're really missing us. Like, oh man, I'm bored <laughs> at work and I have nothing to listen to. Uh, you're probably going to be bored with your family. So, and you'll have to listen to them. You'll have to listen that. to them. Yeah, you can't go around that. So, <laughs> that'll probably end up what happening. I'm not, I'm not certain. I may try to get out a uh, intermission, uh, next week. I don't know, but it, it all really depends. On people's availability and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, we're still going to have, I think we're still going to have one more N4G podcast. Um, Are we though? I think so. I think we haven't got one this week. Yeah, well, I don't. Ken mentioned oh, that we may have a late night. Yes, yeah, he did say because he's Sunday, he's busy, isn't he? In the daytime, that's why he can't do it. So, um, eh, it might mean I, I, depends on how late it is, I might be able to join on that one because, um, the Sunday night, I'm playing. I'm going to see Star Wars. So, right. Um, if it's sort of late, your Sunday night, I'd be home by then. So, that's true. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I I will I will mention that we did uh, record our um, newest episode of Thunder in a Paradise. Uh, I don't know when that will be up. I got to have Joel make some music for us, but he is uh, working on that right now. Um, had a pretty good session. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose a player, uh, but we are going to be gaining a new one in the next session. So there's only three players in this new episode that's coming. So I don't, um, I don't know much about what you're doing with uh, Thunder and a Paradise. Um, is it a video cast? No, it is. Just, it is just. A, it's just an audio. It's a podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, we just. I, I have a one of those Yeti Blue microphones. Those blue Yeti microphones? Uh, you're speaking French to me. Okay. It's a big microphone that a lot of professional people use. Uh, okay. And uh, I got it on sale. And what I do is I, I take that big microphone and put it right there in the middle of a table. And we all sit around it and we play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and uh, I do a lot of voices that are really dumb. Uh <laughs> Are you Dungeon Master? I am the Dungeon Master. Uh, of so you. I'm playing most of the characters. Um, <laughs> and uh, I have a really great gnome voice that I do for this upcoming one that's coming up. <laughs> no. I actually, I, I've had a couple of good voices in 
in uh in the first episode. So if you want to listen to that, you can. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. We've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for like four or five years now, and you know, I just figured, you know, we've had a good time. We think we're kind of funny sometimes, so why not record it and put it up? So that's what we're doing. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for us, John. Thank you for joining me for Psychonauts. It was fun. Thank you for having me. It's it's been an experience. Yeah, it's been, I'm glad I played we, it. We have that bad taste in our mouth, but then we remember, you know, the first couple of swallows were pretty good. It was indeed, and I'm glad um, I have, you know, this, by doing the show, I have, it's forced my hand to play that game eventually, and I'm glad I have. It was, there was more good than bad, um, so it's it's definitely been fun. Yeah, definitely, and, and it was something that was on my backlog, you know, ever since I picked it up on PC years ago, so, um, yeah, so uh, finally I can knock something off my, uh, off my backlog. <laughs> But uh, that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys have a great week. And if you don't hear from us, I hope you have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and and a happy new year. Uh, but until then, I'm Drew. And I'm John. And we are out of here. I hope you guys have a great one. And uh, we will be back whenever. <laughs> <laughs>